Alrighty, we're back with another live edition of the Patriots Beat Podcast here on the CLNS Media Network. I'm Mike Cadlick, joined by 98.5 The Sports Hut's Alex Barth. Uh, Barth, happy report card day. Uh, happy Patriots. report. Used to hate it when I was a kid. It was the worst yes. day. Yeah, no, you're going to get grounded. It's no fun. Well, it stinks getting graded, but it's fun to grade people. So uh, me and Alex both uh, wrote some report cards up on our respective uh, our respective sites. So we're going to... Uh, Bounce through each position group on the Patriots and sort of uh, evaluate and grade out where they're at uh, through the first nine weeks of the season. Uh, but first, I know we like to jump right into it, but I do want to start with a quick Patriots story that's uh, been circulating the Twitter sphere a little bit today uh, as my fire alarms go off. So if you can hear I was them, gonna say, I was going to say, is that you or me? Oh, great. That's me. Hold on. We had this happen with Evan once. Hang on. Mute yourself so that people don't have to hear that. You're also signed in on my Twitter. This show is off to just a great start. I don't know if you can see your name there says says my name. So um, I guess we can. Why don't you step out and get back in, Mike? Just get your get, get your, get your ass together. Alarms are off. All right. <laughs> alarms all right. are back. Alarms are off. My name is back. We're all set here. Uh, now let's get into the story. As uh, Dan Orlovsky, uh, ESPN uh, analyst for um, – Again, ESPN, he's on several of their shows. He does a lot of uh, film breakdowns and whatnot. But uh, he went on WEEI's uh, Merloni, Mego, and Fourier yesterday afternoon. Uh, I think he does a weekly spot on there. And they uh, were talking about the the disaster that has been the uh, the Colts and their coaching staff uh, over the last week now. And they picked Orlovsky's brain a bit on if he would ever uh, come to New England and want to coach the Patriots. And he was quoted as saying that if Mac Jones was here, he would. Uh, that he'd love the opportunity to coach um, under Bill Belichick, the greatest ever, and that if it was the right place at the right time, uh, he'd be interested in it. I know that there's sort of a a stereotype, not stereotype, but like a stipulation around, you know, media guys coming in and trying to think they can be coaches or not. He seems like he has a good head on his shoulders as far as football goes. He played the game forever. Um, what do you think about if that ever happened here? I mean, it seems like it would be better than Patricia and Judge right now, but... Uh, just your thoughts on the fact that Orlovsky is uh, sort of touting this, that he's ready to come into coaching. It's an interesting one. I'm always a little wary of the guys in media who want to go right into coaching. Um, it, it, Mike Mayock or, or general managing or whatever, you know, um, those sorts of roles, office roles. Right. I With Orlovsky, it's a little different. He was a player. I don't believe he has any coaching experience, but I've been saying this since the summer. Basically, since it really since the spring, since Josh McDaniels left, they need a dedicated quarterbacks coach. They had you know, everybody talks about Josh McDaniels leaving. He took Bo Hardegree with him, who was really right. when Josh McDaniels was coordinating the offense and doing all this other stuff. Bo Hardegree was the guy who was attached to Max Hip, the representative of the coaching staff, who probably spent more time with Mac than anybody else. They never replaced him. They never even brought in an illusion of somebody to replace him. That title is not listed on their, you know, uh, coaching layout this year. It looks like Evan Rothstein has kind of been that guy, but his background is not at all in that area. So as a quarterback's coach, hell yeah, because I think they need somebody in that role and they could do a lot worse than Dan Orlovsky. Uh, Anything above that, give me somebody with coaching experience. But as a quarterback's coach, could they do better? Probably, but... We all know what Orlovsky was as a quarterback, right? And, well, that's I what I was just going to say. When, when I people... respect Dan a ton, but there's you, you look at some of these guys. It's not like um, 
what's his name in Minnesota? Who, who's the head coach there? Who has him at six Kevin and one? O'Connell. The Patriots draft pick, right? Kevin O'Connell was cut as a rookie by the Patriots. It's not like all these these former quarterbacks that are now all these great coaches were Pro Bowlers. So yeah, I would definitely take Orlovsky here as a quarterback, as a quarterbacks coach or assistant quarterbacks coach. Uh, I don't know how realistic that is, but if if they were to make that move, I would consider it a move in the right direction. Definitely. I mean, again, P- Orlovsky's known for you know his safety stepping out of the end zone. Uh, when I tweeted out this this uh, clip from uh, Maloney and Fourier, I used the picture of him stepping out of the end zone to kind of. I mean, that's what he's known for, right? But that's that that's the when you think some, Dan Orlovsky, that's what you think, right? But someone who's been in the league for as long as he had clearly knows the ins and outs of the game, and it's not as if you're bringing an ESPN analyst like Jeff Saturday, which the Colts did, into a head coaching position immediately like the Colts did. Right. Him coming as playing a quarterback, continuing to, you know, be a face on TV, but also clearly knowing what he's talking about, to be able to step into a quarterback's room, that's sort of where you go to start your coaching career. Not the jump that Saturday made, but that would be a, an appropriate jump, I'd say, for Orlovsky. And again, with what Patricia and Judge have tried to do in this quarterback and offensive room, uh, Right. It's been a mess, frankly. We'll get into that when we grade out the coaches here as well down down the stretch of this podcast. But uh, yeah, I would definitely also uh, take Orlovsky if uh, if he came a knocking. So yeah, uh, let's get into uh, our position grades here. We'll start actually with the quarterbacks. But before we get into that too, I want to kind of I, I was listening to uh, you and Dolloff on the ninety eight five uh, podcast the other day and listening to you guys had a bunch of caveats as to how you graded these guys and. Um, whether it's, you know, what have you done for me lately or if we're taking the full season approach. So uh, just sort of any stipulations that you have on your grades before we sort of get into it. Let's let's hear it out. Yeah, the two ways I do it, obviously, football's or what have you done for me lately sport. And by the way, the, the Patriots don't do midseason grades. They do internally do a version of end of year grades and an end of, you know, end of year evaluations, I guess you could call it. And those are heavily predicated on really the last game or two of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, make up about 50% of that grade. So if that's how they do it, that's how I'm going to do it. Again, they don't do midseason report cards, but I'm not saying, you know, I'm not just basing it on the last two games because obviously that skews a lot. You leave out the Bears game and you right. go with back-to-back wins, but I'm more concerned with what's happened in, you know, the last couple of weeks in October and into November than maybe some of what we saw in September. Now, at the biggest position, quarterback, it's a little weird just because of how yeah. everything's laid out this year with the injuries, but I do use a recency bias when I personally, when I do my grades, I don't know if you're the same. The other one is I sort of grade versus expectations, right? It's not necessarily just how good is the group in overall, but how right. good is the group been compared to what we thought they were going to be? I, I don't know. It just, I feel like it's more relevant, right? It makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, got to grade it against something, right? Because when I, I when I started doing this back when I was working for CLNS full time in 2018, I mean they were a wagon and everybody was A's. You know when we got to the right. season point, they were I think like eight and one, and you know Brady was play, Brady was playing great. The wide receivers, and it was like, all right, well I've got to figure out a way to stagger this a little bit. So I just that's sort of how I fell into doing it. Is it's there's an element of well, what did we really expect this group to do, and what are they doing? Yeah, I agree. Uh, similarly, uh, just you know, a little bit of recency bias, seeing kind of where where they're at at this point. It that's that's kind of how it is. It's not we're not going to judge something a room did 
in week one if they've greatly improved on it and that's where they're at now in the bye week so i mean i'm there as well um like you said so, some recent buys grading it against something as well is sort of the way i took it too because uh, we'll get into it when we get to the tight ends but like a position group that has such expectations and doesn't meet them at all is it, that's that's really telling so uh let's right. start with the quarterbacks um i think that's the best way to do this it's what everybody wants to hear and uh it's it's the it's the most position important position of football. Um, I will start with this one, and I gave the quarterbacks a C for this season. Uh, one of the few teams that have trotted out three starting quarterbacks uh, in the first nine weeks of the year. Uh, it's been a mess, to put it lightly. I guess um, collectively they throw nine touchdowns, ten picks, uh, a poor passer rating. If we want to grade them out you know, and rank them, I would say Zappi was the best. Mac was second and Hoyer was third. Hoyer only played like three drives, but I mean, he was there and he, he was fine. Uh, but I'm not really going to count that. Um, they're going to go with Jones moving forward. I think that a lot of the struggles they've had in the room have been more so coaching related, which is why I give them a C and not necessarily closer to a D or an F, because I think that it's hard to, it's hard to knock guys when what's around them, it hasn't been spectacular either. So, um, I mean, you want your first-round pick in quarterback in the room that's around him to be higher than a C in his second year. That's yeah. usually when you expect them to take that leap. But uh, I gave him a C. I think that I think that they're just kind of right middling right there to C. Yeah, I went I went C minus. Um, okay. Kind of the same thought, you know. Bailey Zappi keeping them afloat, albeit under different circumstances than Mac Jones. Let's let's not reopen that scab and oh look at it. they look the same. Bailey's better. It's different, different offenses. Deal with it. Um, that being said, Max kind of had this weird progression where he came out super aggressive to start the season. Like the first three games of the year, he was super, super aggressive. He's yeah. average depth of target over 10 yards, throwing a ball, you know, whipping the ball down the field. Obviously, there were a ton of turnovers, but you took those away. I mean, he kind of showed some of what you wanted to see in that second year jump. Then he gets hurt. So it, it was like good, not great. And then he comes back after the injury announced the opposite, throwing out the Bears games. He played three series. And he right. Great. Um, he's played two games. He's been super. He was, he was, he was worse than not great in the Bears. I, he, he was bad in that Bears game. It's All like right. he, I, but I'm well, just I, saying I'm just, that it's, it's, it's kind of its own weird thing. He didn't throw, yeah. my point is he didn't throw a lot right, in the Bears right. game. Right. He, but then he comes back, he makes these two starts and he's super, super conservative all of a sudden. And yes, he's not turning the ball over, but he's not really doing anything, period. So that's all disappointment. Again, Bailey Zappi kept them alive. If you could have won them the Bears game, this is probably a C plus because then that's like stealing them a game. Right. But yeah, like C minus to me, it's just it's it's collectively below average. I don't think it's a disaster, you know, because it, it at the end of the day, these grades are kind of weird because it's all interconnected and the reason the quarterbacks you know they've been put in bad spots i think with what they've been given they haven't done a lot with it i don't think they failed with what they've been given either we'll get to the group that's failed in a little bit here yes but yeah c minus for me it's there's a lot left to be desired they're not failing but there's a lot because apparently a d is a failing grade despite the argument i tried to make my parents otherwise so it happens when you're uh your mom's a teacher but uh, not a not a failure, but it's it, there's certainly a lot of room for improvement. Well, I mean, again, like like we said, we'll get to the position group that's been failing the room, but it's it's they've been worse than a C, but it's not necessarily been their fault, which is kind of why I give them right. the benefit of the doubt here at the C. So uh, that's that's where and I'm that's at. where that that's where that versus expectations thing right. comes in. 
Well, that's where the right use like right like you just said. That's where versus expectations right. comes in, and that's also where um like where it's hard to grade each individual in individual position group because like we talked about last week, how football is such a team game and everybody feeds off each other. But uh, I go C. Barth goes C minus on the quarterbacks. Bet online remains your number one source for all your sports betting for football and basketball this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. Always your continued source for sports wagering information. Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. We're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf games and events. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code CLNS50 to receive your rewards. Bet online, where the game starts. Let's move on to the RBs. Do uh, you want to take this one first? We'll alternate. Yeah, sure. Um, I right, have, and by the way, all of my grades and full explanations are up on 985thesportsub.com. Put those up earlier this week. I went B+. And okay. the reason I have a B+, I know that probably is is low to some people, but Ramondre Stevenson, A+. Everybody else, like C- minus D. They just... I, everybody's heard me talk about this enough at this point. They have not gotten the secondary production at that position they need. And if they could have somebody supplementing what Ramondre is doing, then I think they're in a, you know, a, a plus territory where it's, they're really going above and beyond. Ramondre's done that on his own. He gets an a plus. If we're doing individual grades, he's probably been their offensive MVP through nine weeks. It, it we're doing grades, right? I'm going to keep making school puns. If, it's a group project and he's the only one that's doing the work right now. So if he could get some help, maybe that raises that grade up to, to, to an A level. But right now they're like, call like an 89, not even a B plus call like an 89 right there. But I need to see something from whether it's Damian Harris, JJ Taylor, one of the rookies, something from one of those guys before I give it an A. I'm on the fringe there too. I went a minus. Um, yeah. So you have him at a 90. I have him at an 89. Exactly. Yeah. Where yeah. it's, yeah, he's. They're asking to get bumped up. I said yes. You said no because you're the mean teacher. Um, but again, Ramondre has been one of the best running backs in the AFC this season. Uh, he's been a monster. But I think I, I would say that you probably. I feel like you're a little bit too low on Damian Harris. I feel like Damian Harris, when healthy, has been fine. He's been a solid second back when he's available. He's averaging like four and a half yards a carry or four point three yards per carry. I got in front of me. Um, he's able to pace their offense when he's on the field. He just hasn't been able to get out there, and I, I'm, I find it hard to knock him grade-wise for not being healthy. If you can't show up to the test because you're sick, you don't get a bad grade. These these puns are awesome. We're going to be rattling these please, things off. Please tell that to, to my English teachers in your ear, but anyway. Well, it depends. It, it depends on <laughs> – again, it depends on the teacher, which is why I gave an A- minus and you gave a B plus, But Yeah, there we go. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's been, he's been able to pace them rather well. Again, four and a half yards of carry. I think he has 16 first downs when he's out there. But injuries, whether it's the illness, whether it's the hamstring, has kind of banged them up a little bit. Uh, so it's tough. But everybody else, Pierre Strong, Kevin Harris, JJ Haley, they, they've been no-shows. They played hooky all season so far. Uh, but Stevenson gets them to the A- minus because he's just – I mean, he's he's been a beast. He's he's catching the ball. Uh, he has He's second on the team in receptions behind only Jacoby Myers, uh, which is something that he said he was going to work on this offseason, and he completely did it and excelled at it already. So uh, – He's been a beast. He's the reason the he's the reason the room's at an A minus. Um, anything else on the backs before we keep going? Rapid fire. No, I think that yeah, we we can keep this moving. Yep. Let's go. It's it's good stuff. Wide receivers. Uh, I will go and I will say a C plus. 
Jacoby right. Myers. It, it, it's it's similar here with the wide receivers compared yeah. to the running backs. It's it's one guy in the group project pacing the entire thing. Jacoby's going to get a bag next offseason, and he deserves it. Um, first on the team in catches, yards, and receiving touchdowns, and he's also missed two of their nine games. That shows you how bad the rest of the room has been and how bad the rest of the offense collectively has been without guys like him and Stevenson. Um, yeah. So he, he paces the room. He's what gets them to a C+. Plus. I don't think he's... I mean, if you look at the running back room compared to the wide receiver room, I have them at an A- minus versus a C+. Plus because I think Jacoby's been a little... I don't want to say worse, but he's not as valuable as Ramondre is to sure. the room. And the rest of the receiver room has been a lot worse than the rest of the running back room. Like, well, Kendrick Bourne's a, sell, a shell of himself. What, what were we going to say? No, I was going to say, this is where the, that versus expectations thing comes in, right. right? Exactly. This is sort of what we expected the wide receivers to look like. It, we all knew Ramondre was good, but this is, I mean, nobody was expecting exactly. him to be this guy. Right. Whereas the wide receivers is kind of playing out like what we thought it would play out like. Yeah. I mean, Aguilar yeah. leads the team in fumbles. Like, Kendrick Bourne's been a shell of himself. I put that on the coaches' app too because they have these talented guys. I wrote about that yeah. a ton when I did my State of the Patriots address on CLNSmedia.com. That was brilliant, week, by like, the way. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, go ahead and read it, CLNSmedia.com, if you haven't. Uh, but, yes, like, Parker's been incredibly hot and cold. He's been unhealthy as well. So, like, it's Myers and then a bunch of, a bunch of meh. And I just I think they deserve a C plus because and I think they can improve on it throughout the second half of the season. Yeah, I I, I went C. I just went straight C again. It's kind of the same thing where it's been Jacoby all the way through, and like I say, he leads the team in every category, even though he missed two games. Right. There was hype for this group coming in. They added Parker. They added Thornton. It was like, all right, they've got some playmakers now. And Kendrick Bourne felt, you know, due for a breakout and. None of it's materialized. Yeah. Parker has had moments. He's had flashes. Aguilar was their best receiver at, at like week four. Remember that? When yeah. it was, oh yeah, he's got the he had that bad game. fumble, but he's rolling. Yeah, now he's totally fallen off. So again, it's that version thing. Jacoby A, I, I don't know. I, I guess I'd give Parker probably a C minus. Nobody else is really above that. So yeah, yeah averages out to, to a C for me. I'm surprised you didn't give Kendrick Bourne a little bit more of the benefit of the doubt on his individual grade because I know you're a Bourne guy. But uh, I am a Bourne guy. Look, it, he hasn't produced right. flat out. Now, why isn't he produced? It's not entirely his fault, right. but he hasn't produced. Yeah. I try um, to be objective. I, even with my favorite no, I, players, I try to be objective. There's no, very know, few, you'll learn eventually. There's very few players that I struggle to be objective about. I tortured Evan with Gunnar Oshevsky. I'm still doing it, even though he's not yeah. on the team. It's just not on the show anymore. It's via text. But <laughs> I I think I can be objective even about my favorite players. No, of course. But yeah, like you said, Bourne hasn't produced. Is it his fault? Is it not his fault? I guess we'll, that'll, we'll be able to tell that more throughout the second half of the season and kind of see what adjustments they make here at the bye. Um, yeah. Let's do tight ends. You can hit it first. Yep. Uh, D+. Plus. Again, this is that we're not. We don't argue on this show, Barth. I no, mean, it's, we don't. Heck? You're right. <laughs> we should. Maybe we should have gone back and forth more with that B plus A minus with the running backs. Um, yeah, seriously. But no, I'm I'm right there with you at a D plus. Go ahead. So honest. So I I kind of started writing this before the Colts game, and then I I made some changes in tight ends is one of the positions I wrote ahead of time. I originally had a D minus, and then Hunter Henry was their leading receiver. So. That yeah. pumped it up a little bit because it's like, hey, they're making progress. They're starting to run Hunter Henry up the seam again, which they should be doing. But when you're paying those two guys that much money, 
Uh-huh. You tweak the offense in a way that's supposed to be beneficial to them, and you're still not getting any production. There's seven tight ends in the league right now, individually, whose basic stat line receptions, receiving yards, receiving touchdowns. There's seven guys who have better numbers than Hunter Henry and John Smith combined. It's just, and again, this isn't necessarily to say John Smith and Hunter Henry have been bums. We'll get to the coaching grade later on, but when you, you're paying these two guys, the money you are, the offense is in theory, at least in part supposed to be built around them. And it took until week nine for a guy, one of them to really make an impact and Hunter Henry being the leading receiver. What am I going to do? Give him a B like, so I, I have him at a D plus. It's another it's another room and it's it's tied into every single one where it's like, is it them or is it the coaching? Because I mean, they they were considered probably the best tight end duo in the NFL upon signing, right? In twenty twenty one. It right. was like, Oh my god, we have the next Gronk and Hernandez. Um, they're gonna scheme this up. McDaniels is gonna love this. You know, it's you got a you got a big body Hunter Henry and you got a speed guy in Johnu Smith and we're going to just completely ingratiate them into this offense and it's going to be, you know, dual tight and everything. And it's been everything but that um, the last two years. And that is it because of their skill? I don't know, because, again, there's 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 one play last week where I mean, Henry led them in the receiving, but there was this play, man. I was looking back on it. And it's like he runs this corner route and he's he's running like he doesn't even care. And I don't know if that's designed. I mean, I, I don't know what they're looking at in their room, like on a day like today when they go and review it. But whether it's an effort thing from those guys or whether it's just not, they're not getting schemed up. Right. Um, skill wise, they're much better than the way they perform. And so they deserve a D plus and maybe that's more for effort, but that's where I have it. I have it at D plus. They, uh, you know, Henry, hopefully they start to, hopefully they take this bye week and kind of do what we're doing and they should, um, you know, and take, they, this take, is what they do essentially. Yeah. Right. Take the good build on it, take the bad and throw it out the window. And, uh, they need to scheme these guys up more because I mean Hunter Henry was was a stud with the Chargers and John U. Smith was a stud with the Titans and they need to get those guys back because it's not like they're old either. They're I mean they're older but it's not like they're they're aging out of the position. They just they need to use their skill sets wisely and uh, they haven't yet so they get a D plus. Um, all right, let's uh, wrap up the offense with the offensive line. Um, I think I was a little. Uh, lenient here with their grade, uh, but I gave the offensive line a C minus um, because when they're healthy, they're very good. Uh, Trent Brown, Mike Onwenu, David Andrews, they're all like, I would argue, top tier linemen in the NFL when they're on and when they're able to, you know, get in a groove and play their position for 16 straight games. That's what those guys are. Um, but their health has just completely thrown them off this season. Uh, Andrews out with the concussion has turned Cole Strange into a disaster who had a great six weeks to start the season and has just completely fallen off without Andrews by his side. You bench Isaiah Wynn, you bring in Marcus Cannon, Marcus Cannon gets hurt. You have to bring Wynn back in to take over for, uh, for Strange. Then you have Yadni Kajus come off IR. You put him at tackle. It's just been a, it's been a merry-go-round at the position and, it's completely ruining their franchise quarterback and it's completely ruining their offense inside out from that position. Um, but I, it's not entirely due to necessarily their skill set. It's, I feel like it's more so due to injuries and that's why I'm lenient with a C plus. Cause they could, you could easily give them an F and fail them and say, come back next time and retake the test. But they, they have the skills there. It's just, they're not utilizing it and it's mainly due to injuries as well. Yeah, I, I think that's too kind. I am a D minus. Okay. 
They're, they're not okay. failing because Michael Owen, who's been outstanding and David Andrews has been very good when he's been healthy, but the injuries are not the reason that Isaiah Wynn has been an absolute turnstile. Your first round, I, and I get it's it's tougher not playing next to David Andrews for Cole Strange, but he's a first round pick. He should not be unplayable without, you know, he, whether or not he can play in the game should not be dependent on who you have at center. He's his own But player. it's also only his eighth and ninth weeks playing in the NFL. So when like, you're a first round pick, first round pick means NFL ready. That's that goes back the, to the, the coach. <laughs> the, it, it does, but he looked NFL. It was based on what he did the first seven weeks. It did not like look like he was going to fall apart without David Andrews. Right. He was holding Fair. his own. So that's where I go beyond it. And it's like, it, it does sort of seem like a him thing. It seems a little bit, I don't know if it's mental or whatever. It's gotta be. He looks different without yeah. David Andrews. That goes beyond the coaching. Um, you know, Trent Brown has been hit, you know, here and there. I think he's had, if he was the biggest problem on the offensive line, I think he'd be, they'd be okay. But he's up, he's committed a lot of penalties this year. That's yeah. not coaching. That the coach should just tell you, don't commit penalties, right? It's, it is that simple. I know I often say that, you know, I'm going to simplify things here easier said than done. No, it is that simple. Don't commit penalties on the offensive line. Uh, Isaiah Wynn, again, is the most penalized player in the NFL through nine weeks. That's beyond coaching. That's, that, that's beyond either. coaching. That's just poor play. And you can maybe attribute it, some of it to them to, to, to win and Brown switching sides in the offseason. But I'm sorry, we're nine weeks into this thing. Being the most penalized player in the NFL goes beyond coaching. I Cole, Cole Strange, it's not like he's struggling. He's been unplayable. The coaching's a part of it, but it goes beyond that. I they've been look, they've been the worst. You, you gave the tight ends a D plus, right? Mm-hmm. Is what you said. Are you really gonna sit here and tell me the offensive line has been worse than the tight the offensive line has not been worse than the tight ends? Well, the tight ends have been healthy. So I I think that the them being healthy. Well, Isaiah Wynn's been healthy. Isaiah Wynn's been healthy. He is a PFF grade of like 40. Okay, just, but if... let me All right, with, let me put this another way. Let, okay. let me put this another way. The worst thing you can do as an offensive lineman, the worst thing you can do is allow your quarterback to get hurt. It's one thing to get beat. When you get beat and the quarterback gets hit and, and injured, maybe not like broken leg injured, but what gets up limping... That's going to be shown in the film room during the week over and over and over. There's no greater sin for an offensive lineman than allowing your quarterback to get hurt. The Patriots have had three separate quarterback injuries through nine weeks. Mac hurt is back in week one. He then hurt the ankle and Brian Hoyer got concussed. Three quarterback injuries in nine weeks is not a passing grade. It's not. I, I still just think that with uh, how great Unwenu is and the way that he's just able to, you know, stay at his position. He's, he's finally, been an A. The, he's, he's been, been an A. An a and David Andrews, play. when healthy, is a B plus. So, like, I would also guys, argue that with, and maybe this is just how I view the game, with the offensive line more than any other position, it's a collective thing. It's a collective thing, but I also, again, I, I guess I'm too nice as a, as a teacher. Maybe that's my problem here, but maybe I look at this. I look at this with like, okay. Injuries plus coaching staff equals it might not be entirely the player's fault. Aside from a guy like Isaiah Wynn, who it, it, it's tough because it's Isaiah Wynn who's, you know, the bought out king and He's, doesn't want to play it, and whatever. And you have to the guy. Go to him. Let me just remind you who you're excusing here. It's the guy that 
has committed more penalties than anybody in the league and was the blocker responsible for two of those three quarterback injuries. No, I'm not excusing Win. Uh, uh, Win's the guy I'm not excusing. I mean, I'm I'm excusing Cole Strange because he's a rookie and probably shouldn't have been a first-round pick, was. I mean, that's his expectation. That's why he's there. But is he a first-round talent? Probably not. Plug and play, you have to do it because you trade a guy like Shaq Mason and you turn over the position to uh, Cole Strange. But he is still in his ninth week in the NFL without a guy like David Andrews, who is the quarterback of the offensive line. I think that I, I want to see Strange continue to develop with when, uh, with uh, Andrews back in the game, rather, back by his side. Hopefully they get him back in Week 10 um, but or Week 11, whatever they're going to be back at now. But um, I just think with with the coaching being as poor as, as it is and with the injuries being as poor as they are and the, the trickle effect, right? Like, I, I truly attest – Cole Strange's inability to be on the field to David Andrews' injury. And I know that we're grading Strange's... And that's not... But that's not a good thing. That's not it's a, not good, a thing. good thing. But I and still so want to... I'll add this as well. You, you keep talking about the injuries, the injuries, right? You mm-hmm. keep talking about the injuries. When we did quarterbacks, right? Sure. We, we, you had them was, what, a C? I had them at C, C plus, would you see something? I had, a C, I had, them I had a C. C minus. Okay. We both kind of said that grade was elevated because Bailey Zappi came in when Mac Jones was hurt and kept them afloat. That mm-hmm. elevated that grade. Who's done that on the offensive line? You keep talking about the injuries, so you're bumping the grade up terms of injuries. No, no, on when who's been been good, but you're saying that like the offensive line has looked bad because of injuries. That's why your grade is what it is. Your grade also is what it is for the quarterbacks, but the replacement players, the guys who have come into reporters who are hurt, played mu- player at the quarterback position, but played yeah. much better at the quarterback position than they mm-hmm. did on the offensive line. There is no Bailey Zappi on the offensive line. James well, that's Barrett, why it's a, it's only a C versus C minus. It's a, it's, there's a difference there, though. I think and it's Bailey's, more of a draw. I, I don't think the difference between yeah. Bailey Zappi and Cole Strange is a C to a C minus. Maybe if you want to talk to me about Marcus Cannon, fine. But I don't think it's been that way for James Ferentz. I I don't – and they can't – they don't have anybody else to go to. They can't get anybody what else Zappi to What Zappi showed, though – what Zappi showed at the end of the Bears game was like, okay, maybe he's just not that good. And that it's just, again, the root of all evil here is the coaching, which we'll finish off with. But yeah, uh, I get what you're saying. Um, that's the offensive line. That's the offense as a whole. Uh, before we get into the defense, we're talking about guys and how bad they're playing at their jobs. Alex, let's talk about jobs yet again here with our friends at LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. We use LinkedIn Jobs here at CNS Media, and we can't recommend it enough. It's super easy to post your job. Then you just add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experiences so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. As we inch closer to December, now's the perfect time to add the right team member and end 2022 strong. And that's why LinkedIn, or that's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs as number one in qual- in delivering quality hires versus their leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash beat. That's linkedin.com slash beat to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, offense. We basically agreed a little bit of a disagreement on the offensive line there. Let's transfer into the defense. Um, we'll start with the defensive line, and I'll allow you to kick this thing off. Um, one thing that I think 
I don't know if it's confusing for listeners, viewers, etc., or even me and you, but where do you have Matthew Judon? Is he a defensive lineman or is he graded as a linebacker? I mean, team lists him as a linebacker, so that's it's that's, funny. Every time I've done this exercise, this is the question I did well, it's with tough, Zoe during right? the week. Yeah. He's he when in my whole thing and look, if you ask me to define him, I I might call him a defensive end, but he meets with the linebackers room. Yeah, his locker is with the rest of the linebackers, and it, it's next his name on the roster. There is LB. So when in doubt, I go with the way the team uh, the team defines him uh, for something well. like this. So- yeah, that's that's where I did it as well. So it it'll correlate. So as much as he doesn't line up as a true off ball linebacker, uh, he's a linebacker in the Patriots books. So he's a linebacker in our book. So with that said, let's go to the D line and you can kick us off. Yeah, I I went with a B minus. I okay. you know they've been they've been good. The 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 rushing game's still kind of killing them. They're actually allowing more yards per carry to this point in the season than they did last year. But it's been really up and down. They and I, I'm just pulling the numbers. That's why I'm looking over here. 243 rushing yards against the Bears, 199 against the Packers, 188 against the Ravens. But they only have one other performance that that they've allowed over 100 yards rushing against. And I don't remember the team, but it was 101 yards. Mm-hmm. Um, I I want to say that was the Steelers, but I'm not positive. So look, they've looked better in the past. Rush Dietrich Wise, obviously having a phenomenal year. Uh, I, they are clearly missing, uh, a Christian Barmore. They have been the last couple of weeks, but you know, I, I went with a B minus. I think they've more or less been what we expected. I don't know that there's been any growth outside of wise, but I don't know that there's been any regression either. Uh, I, I, we can add this little, um, um, what was it called? When you voted in the yearbook, remember you voted for people to be like most likely didn't ever leave town. Yeah. We can add this little superlative to it. Which group do I think has the, the most opportunity to improve their grade when we do the final grades in a couple of months? I think it's the defensive line. They're at B minus right now, which is a good spot to be. B minus mm-hmm. student over here. But I, I should not be talking about how bad I was in school. People <laughs> stop taking me seriously. I've ha- I'm hammering this point home. Well, did you anyway. win, did you win any superlatives? Yeah, but it's embarrassing. I don't want to admit well, it. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll let, say mine if you say yours. No, people can go and get their hands on a Sharon High School yearbook and figure <laughs> it out. Um, Somebody find it and send it to me. What's yours, though? I had most school spirit. Most school spirit as a senior. Got him high. I most definitely did not win most school spirit. Um, I didn't really I, uh, have but, much school spirit. I don't know why I, I got it, but. I mean, you, I'm guessing you're quarterback for the football team. I was the quarterback of the football team, so I guess. That I feel like that's a default, like. Thing. Yeah. Anyway, I I think the defensive line has the most. Yours. I need to know yours. Get, get your hands on Sharon High School. Right, you can do it. You can. I'm not going to tell you how, but you can do it. Um, without coming over, you know, without coming to my house, it's yeah. accessible. Um, um, I think the defensive line is the most room to improve their grade this year. Yeah, uh, I went with a B. Uh, similar, but again, I think uh, the. Injuries, I give them more of so of benefit of the doubt. I mean, wise Barmore guy, it's really solid place to start your D line. I mean, Lawrence guy is always consistent. Barmore is a young star, and Wise is having the best year of his career. But injuries to a guy like Barmore have kind of depleted the room, and that has trickled out from him. Um, when he's there, they're much better. When he's not, they're much worse. Uh, it's as simple as that. But I think that once Barmore gets healthy and can continue to you know add that aspect to the room that. Like you said, it's 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 similar, right? I mean, it's a they'll they have room to improve because of the health yeah. they'll get back with Barmore, who is one of their better players when fully healthy. Um, so 
if if Barmore's there all season, I think they could be closer to a B plus to an A minus. Uh, I yep. think again, they they can really they can they can improve. And if he's there all if he was there all season, I think they have they probably would be closer to a B plus. Um, but he hasn't been, so that's been tough. Um, linebackers, uh, let me change this out here on screen. Linebackers, um, it's it's Matthew Judon's room, but he's the reason why I gave them a B plus. Um, He's one of the best linebackers in the NFL. 11 and a half sacks, paces them each and every week. Um, he's really the only reason they're sniffing B-plus territory. Him and maybe Josh Uche, who's come along and sort of had... He's had the best year of his career so yeah. far in 22. Um, he's come on strong the last couple of weeks, but which is, again, it's it's a recency bias thing because he wasn't great to start the season, but he, he's come on strong. But, like, I don't know. Jelani Tavaya, Raekwon McMillan, Mac Wilson, they just haven't been consistent enough to to get this this room to the A minus that they could be because of how right. dominant Judon is. Um they need to improve, but if you count Judon in the room, they're a B plus because he's he's on a defensive player of the year track right now. So it's funny, if you sp- I also had a B plus. Okay. If you if we split it to inside linebackers and outside linebackers, the, oh, yeah. the outside linebackers are probably an A plus with, with Judon, with with Uche coming on strong here as of late. And that's really what they've needed. I've said this a lot. They don't need like an ace pass rusher opposite Matt Judon. They just need somebody who's just good enough to keep the opposing team honest where they can't overblock to Judon's side. And right now, Josh Uche looks like that. And also, Anthony Jennings has played well on early downs, a guy that a lot of people were ready to yeah. write off coming into training camp. So the outside linebackers are an A+. Plus. In the middle, I, I don't know, like a C, C- minus where... Juwan Bentley's actually been pretty good, I think, as yeah. a run stopper coming down here. Like, he's had a good year. Tavaya, I'll say it, has not been horrible. No, he's in been better role- than expected, but he's still not great. Look, they've put him in a role where he can play to his skill sets, and he's played well yeah. in that role. You know, it's mm-hmm. as an early down edge rusher, they're bringing him up the middle on occasion. The reason the grade comes down, though, is we spent so much time this summer mm-hmm. talking about Really, Raekwon McMillan and Mac Wilson and how they were going to add that athletic athleticism, speed that at athletic the edge, like yep. the speed to the middle of the defense there, and that was going to be the game changer, and that hasn't materialized. So it's really, to me, those two guys that are keeping them from that from that A range, right? Yeah. Matthew Judon's been fantastic. Leads Doesn't only lead the league in sacks, but leads the league in sacks by three and a half. He's on yeah. pace to, to – I mean, he's going to break – he's on pace to break – Andre Tippett's franchise record of 18 and a half, 22 and a half, which is the league record set tied by TJ Watts. Strahan also has it. Yep. That's in sight. Assume he doesn't drop off like he did last year. So he's been fantastic. Another Uche, game helps Jennings, too. Right. 17 games um, help, but. Uche, well, well, Watt did it in 17 games last year. Um, no, right. Exactly. Right. Uche, Jennings, Bentley have all been, you know, about what you'd expect, maybe a little bit above what you'd expect, but no flaws really with what they've done. Tavaya's been fine. And then it's really, you know, the depth that middle linebacker that's keeping them out of that A range. Yeah, it's it's the it's the fast guys that we thought were gonna bring this to an elite bunch that has sort of dropped them they just off. Haven't. To, they have it. Exactly. At least not yet. Not yet. Right. It's yeah. We'll mid-season see. grades. There's yeah. room to improve. That's it's like uh it's like when you got the progress report, not the report card. Where this, this, we should have called this progress report week, and then you yeah, showed the I report card at the end for of the season. Too. But yeah, I know, me too. My my parents would not be pleased when I came home. But hey, we still have room. It doesn't matter. You get grounded. Yeah. Uh, anyway, cornerbacks. Uh, yeah, cornerbacks. Um, 
You can go, but I mean, I'll, right. I'll give my grade and then you can go. But I think it's an A. I, I have no complaints with the quarterbacks room. But you yeah, A minus, A minus. Okay. Um, you know, the the one flaw kind of being Miles Bryant early in the year. That's pretty much it. A- anything outside yeah. of that, maybe I'm being nitpicky there. I, I've clearly been nitpicky this whole night, and I'm usually one of the most positive people covering the team. Yeah. But um, Jonathan Jones been outstanding. Hand up moment for me. He totally works on the boundary. He's been great. Seamless, jo- a seamless transition from slot yeah. to the boundary. Jack Jones is PFF's number one corner. Jalen Mills is another reason I didn't quite go to an A. He's actually allowed, he's about 60% of the passes thrown his way to be completed. It's not like he's being targeted a ton, but his on-ball production hasn't been quite what it was last year. He's still been very good. Don't worry. Still been very good. And then Miles Bryant's actually put together some really good football here the last couple of weeks. I know here I is Tavaya. Now I'm going with Miles Bryant, but again, I'm looking at my numbers here. He hasn't allowed, he didn't allow a multi-catch game either the last two weeks. He hasn't allowed new catches in a game since week four. He's, and, and right. he, it's not like he's playing any less. He's, right. The, the playtime's about the same. So, you know, him kind of starting to, to, to bring this thing full circle is what pushed me up into that A range. Obviously, Jack Jones, Jonathan, uh, Jack Jones, Jonathan Jones have been outstanding. Those two guys are A's, but again, it's that complete collective group. And start you're starting to get that production from the slot corner position where, hey, okay, this thing really feels full. And then again, the other reason I put them up in that A range, it's against expectations. We really didn't know what to think of this group at the beginning of the year. Yeah. Remember, we were when we were doing the roster projections. It was like, well, you got to put Mitchell. somebody on. Is it Terrence Mitchell? Is it Malcolm Butler? You know, we um, we didn't even know if Miles Bryant was going to make the team. Like right. they've come a long, long way. So honestly, if I had to change one of the grades I did, this is the one, as I kind of say it out loud, it up to the a, should, maybe. should have given them an A. Maybe I wanted yeah. to give them room to grow. I don't know, but um, they've been outstanding. Fantastic at corner. No, I'm with you. I, I think that, uh, like you said, against expectations, a, a room that we thought was in complete no man's land has just been freaking awesome. Like I, I, I truly, the only, the only nitpick, would be the Miles Bryant thing you said at the very beginning of the year, but he has improved so much since then that if if it wasn't for that, they could literally be an A plus. And so that's why right. maybe I go to an A, because it's just been phenomenal. I mean, best unit on the team by far. Jalen Mills, uh, like you said, hasn't been targeted too much when he does, he's okay. But again, it's not like he's getting burnt, right? He's not out there getting toasted every other play like you see some other guys in the league that are supposed to be number one corners. Go out there and get toasted. Jonathan Jones, seamless. From from the slot to the boundary, Jack Jones fitting right into that like Patriots pipeline cornerback thing with that you had with Revis and Gilmore and J.C. Jackson. It's like he's going to be the next one of those guys here soon. Um, they have like the Steelers have with bringing in receiver talent. The Patriots have a keen eye for cornerback talent lately. And uh, I mean, whether it's them coming off the street or whether it's I mean, again, you you have guys like like Juwan Williams and uh, who was the uh, Duke Dawson. So some of them aren't right. great, but. It, it they're filling out that uh, that cornerback room year in and year out. Um, Miles Bryant improving, so I really have no complaints on them whatsoever. They've they've been awesome. They've been the best room on the team thus far. Uh, let's transition to safety. Safeties, I have them at a B plus. Uh, Kyle Duggar is elite, and everyone else has kind of been meh. Uh, McCordy, you can see that he's aging. Um, I mean, he's solid. He had the the double interception game against the Jets, but Zach Wilson sort of ran across the 
the line of scrimmage and handed him the football and put it in his chest. So I think that uh, that's more so on the the quarterback, not on you know Devin McCourty out there making plays like he used to in his in his younger days. But uh, he's he's okay. Adrian Phillips fills the void. He can always be better. I mean he he's he's consistent, but he's not like he's not a star. Jabril Peppers, same thing. Uh, Josh Bledsoe needs work, but they can't cover tight ends without uh, Kyle Duggar in the game. And even when he is in the game, it's not outstanding. And that's they they that's an issue. I mean, the run stuffing ability with Duggar and what Peppers does, um, I think, brings them to that B plus. But they they don't get an A because or an A minus rather because they they have coverage issues and they need to fix them. Yeah, I'm about half a grade behind you. We, we use similar logic. I guess I'm a tough grader. I had them with a B for yeah. a lot of the same reasons. Kyle Duggar's okay. been great. Yeah. Adrian Phillips has, you know, played well. Jabril Peppers is starting to come on here. And, and again, this is another position where there's maybe some room to improve, but it's just been a little alarming what it's looked like without Kyle Duggar on the field. And Kyle Duggar's been on the field. It's been fine. Um, right. Like you said, they're not great at covering tight ends, but every group's going to have some sort of weakness. When Duggar's not on the field, though, it all does seem to sort of fall apart for them. So, yeah, B, yeah, I gave him a B. It's the health. It's the health thing too. Like I, uh, and to to compare it to the next group we'll do is the specialists. But like, Duggar is not healthy, so I have a hard time nitpicking the room. Where yeah, specialists, which I gave a B plus, they've been outstanding. But Jake Bailey knocks them down to a B plus because he's been bad and he's healthy. Like he's just he's got the yips. But everyone else has been awesome. Nick Foles' consistency outstanding. Brendan Schooler's turning into the next Matthew Slater on this team. Uh, Marcus Jones, rookie who's like one of the better return specialists in the league already through nine weeks, flips the field for them every single week. Um, if Bailey can turn this thing around in the second half of the season, which I mean, he's he has the ability to flip the field from a punter perspective. It's whether or not he can actually just get out of his own head and kind of get it done and fix that. And I think, you know, two weeks to, to do so can, can bump them up to an A, but uh, I give the specialist a B plus, but they, they have room to improve. And it's basically all on Jake Bailey's shoulders to improve the room. Yes. Yeah, so it's funny. I went back and I looked at my grades from the 2020 season because I, mm-hmm. I felt like the, the special teams is kind of in a similar spot to where it was then. Obviously Bailey's been better, but, or yeah. was better then, uh, but yeah. obviously all kind of the same. And I gave them a B plus at the midpoint then. And Gunnar Roshevsky did have a return touchdown at that point. So no return touchdown. Can't give him as high as a B plus. Right. So I, I wasn't B. No, I, even, Nick Folk. You are tough. I don't want to be in Barth's class. Mr. Mr. Barth has a bad rate. My professor grade. I'm going to go. In well, there. so I also, like I said, I kind of worked on some of these a little bit at a time. Um, mm-hmm. The DeMarcus Mitchell play was a little fresh in my mind. I'll admit that. Um, yeah. I didn't really think about it, but I've, there's I've been, talked there's about been a couple times. And, and look, maybe this is, it honestly probably all comes back to Bailey. Maybe it's a Jake Bailey thing where they've, they've had some issues down in punts. Um, yeah, J- I mean, J- Jake Bailey's not been good. And no. again, it's it's also sort of the inverse expectations thing. He looked healthy this summer. They give him that big contract. I expect him to be one of the best punters in football. He hasn't been. Um, you also go back. They had some miscues early in the season with returns when it was still Miles Bryant back there. But um, yeah, since Marcus Jones has t- taken over, it's been outstanding. The kickoff coverage, the punt coverage when it's like actually down tackling a defender instead of down and the ball's been outstanding. Nick Folk's been unreal. I think I already said that, but it's worth saying yep. again. You can't say it enough. So yeah, I went with a B. I went with a B. Once they house a kick, once they house a kick, they're in the A range, even with there Jake Bailey. Yep. So um 
yeah, specialist again, uh, better, but it's it's Bailey. It Bailey's gotta yeah. better get that thing fixed. Um, let's wrap up the grades with the coaching staff, which we have sat here and ripped to shreds, at least offensively, um, for the last forty five minutes now. Um, you want to start? No, you know what? Give give me. Let me kind of caveat this because I don't know if we're gonna be on the same page here because I gave them a C minus, and I think that you're going to think that's too lenient again. Well, okay. I got to figure we're going to do offensive coaching staff, defensive coaching staff. If we're netting it out, I don't necessarily disagree. The C minus is my net. The C minus is my net. I didn't separate them. Okay. Uh, I probably should have, um, but let me explain why, because I think the root cause of the disappointing play we've had from the Patriots is the coaches and not the players. Um, They have talent on this team outside of, like the five and four record is directly from, at least on the offense, directly players and directly the head coach is the reason they've even been able to win five games. Uh, Patricia and Judge are stunting the heck out of Mac Jones' growth. It's kind of disgusting, frankly, because you, we've gone into it, but like you have a second year quarterback. You know, you, you have the opportunity to mold this guy into what you think you can be. You just saw. And this is kind of why, like, this because this is on Belichick. As much as he's not a bad coach, the decision to bring these guys in to try and mold Mac Jones is laughably pathetic. And the offense has been a disgrace about because of it. So they, those two, bring this thing down. But the fact that Belichick's on your staff, or is your head coach, rather, and Gerard Mayo and Steve Belichick um, have exceeded my expectations on the defensive side of the ball because... Those are guys who last year were subject to the similar speculation we're giving these guys on the offense. Um, Gerard Mayo is a guy who's been in here, been in the system. He's proved he's a decent coach, but people thought it was a nepotism thing because, you know, it's, oh, he was a Belichick linebacker, and now they just bring him in. And then same with Steve Belichick. Oh, he's the coach's son. Now you give him the keys to the, the, keys to the car. And uh, last year, even when Belichick took over the defense, they got better, thus proving that, it was Stephen Mayo who weren't great, but Belichick seems to be hands off the defensive side of the ball this year, and they've they've been really good, which is what pulls up the the net to a C minus, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I mean it's it's probably like a B B plus for the defense and the F for the offense, so I guess that yeah. gets out to a C minus. Like, I wouldn't say defensive coaching staff's gone like. There's no moments where, wow, that coaching, you know, and there are, you don't necessarily have those moments, right? Sometimes it's just, you do what you're good at. Uh, Like, like Steven Gerard, it's going to be insane. If, and I said this last year, I'll keep saying it. Gerard Mayo deserves a head coaching job. Like he so obviously deserves a head coaching job. This year is no different. He's been great. Steve's been great. I'm a big fan of DeMarcus Covington and and kind of just getting to talk to him yeah. a little bit more this year and, and learning how he views the game. I'm a, I'm a really big fan of his. Pellegrino, um, so, too, is, seems to yeah, yeah, have he's, a good he's head good. on his shoulders. So, defensive coaching staff, no notes. I, I I think they've got this thing running, and you look at – I guess what the above and beyond element would be is not necessarily any game plan thing. It's And this probably goes more to a guy like Mike Pellegrino than it does to, to Gerard or Steve this cornerback room was just so inexperienced and you know, one of your boundary corners doesn't play on the boundary. You've got two rookies. You've got to work in miles. Bryant was never really a high volume player until this year. It's really just Jalen Mills and they've got them playing the way they've, they they were playing. I mean, that's coat. A lot of that is coaching. A lot of that is coaching. So 
you know, I, I, maybe I go a minus, I didn't write coaching grades, but call it B plus a minus yeah. somewhere in there for the defensive coaching staff. Uh, they've been yeah, no notes, the offensive coaching staff, all of the notes, every note, Awful. there's so many notes from, you know, going back to the summer and they, they spent two months tinkering with this offense that they're now not really using. And that's time wasted in the flipping the tackles, which never made sense and benching Kendrick Bourne. And the way they handled the quarterback position and max injury in the game against Chicago and the, the, the unimaginative offensive playbook they're using and the lack of setup plays. I, I Mike, right. 51 minutes will be, we'll be at 51 days by the time I get to yeah. all the notes. Right. So it's just, it all, it all goes back to that. It all, they have the Patriots in their heyday. The, the whole thing was they didn't need to go out and get these guys that were supremely talented they had them, but the idea was you're really good. They, they identify guys that you're really good at one thing. We're going to bring you in and, and ask you to do this one thing, right? right. You're, we're just going to have you do this one thing that you're really good at. And the idea was that with the whole 53-man roster, they could fill all the things they needed to fill. It's not yeah. about collecting talent. It's about building a team, right? And I still sort of think they're built that way. But the problem is that's reliant on the coaches, to put those players in those spots to succeed. And there's not been a lot of that this year. And it's, it's, it's been a little bit jarring because that was such a hallmark of what they were for 20 years. Yeah. Agreed. Um, again, like offense, like you said, that, what you just said specific, specifically to the offense is what you're saying, right? They're not, I mean, the defense has been fine with that as far as, you know, putting guys in positions to succeed. The offense has been the complete opposite of that in 2022. Um, the last line, of my report card actually as I use it to kind of gauge and give me some some talking points here is just that you know, I said the same thing that I see a head coaching position in Gerard Mayo's future. Um I think that he's he's proven it. He's uh as Mac called Matt Patricia, I think Gerard Mayo's a leader of men. Um I think that he can, you know, rally the troops and he's he's good. He's got a good head on his shoulders coaching wise. I think he's he's gonna be a head coach uh very soon. Whether he is a uh a Mike Frabel Belichick disciple or a Matt Patricia Belichick disciple. Uh, time will tell, but I think Mayo Mayo has a head coaching job in, in his uh, in his future. But uh, yeah. there you have it. Uh, that's our midseason report cards. Um, hopefully, they can make adjustments at the bye week here, get this thing squared away, and uh, you know make a real playoff push here because I think they have the talent to do so. It's gonna it's gonna depend on the coaching, and I think that it, at the end of the day, the way we wrap it up with coaching makes a lot of sense because a lot of the reasons that. Some of the grades weren't as, as as high as they could have been was due to the coaching staff. So uh, there you have it on the report cards. Alex, you want to touch on Thursday Night Football before we wrap this thing up? Yeah, um, I can't even remember where the game is tonight, so, honestly. I've been so uh, di- deep dive into like halfway point of the year stuff. Barth, if the, you had oh, to, it's ge- Panthers if you Falcons, had to guess. Right? Okay, yeah, okay, yes, it's Panthers-Falcons. Oh, yeah. hell yeah, baby. Yeah, hell yeah. Good. It goes football on the menu. Yes, the the four the four and five Falcons oh, visit the crap. two and somebody, seven Panthers. Somebody got my uh, my superlative. Wow, Where are we? Sleuth figured it out. Where are? Can we put it up? Can you put it on the screen? Yeah, I guess. I guess I have. So yeah, you got to. Destined for fame was was what it was called. Barth was most likely to be famous. Oh, that's not embarrassing. Come on, yeah, what are you talking about? Look at us. That's it, no, it's destined for fame. It sounds a little weird. Um, no, oh, every, ma- every, every Massachusetts high school yearbook is available online. That's the thing they did recently. So, okay. It, it was out there, but I, I, awesome. I'm going to hope that this is somebody I went to high school with, because if not, you know, they figured out That's what year awesome. I graduated and they knew where to look and all that. I mean, that did not take long 
That's oh, good stuff. Well, that's because wow. you're so famous, Barth. Everyone, everyone wants to know what the heck's going I, on. I guess. You made it. You and made there's it. no other calls from this person in the chat. They just came in, dropped that, that's and went out. Outstanding. <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna assume that somebody I went to high school with because I don't know if I can sleep tonight if it's not. That's good stuff. So, Barth is already famous. Yeah. Someone just said, "I love it." That's good stuff. Um, all right, but let's do. Let's do. That's great. Let's do Thursday Night Football. Four and five Falcons visit the two and seven Panthers. Panthers breaking out their Black Panther uniforms. They got uh, black helmets, so changing up the uh, the uni swag, which me and Barth know and love. Um, spread, Atlanta's two and a half point favorites. Uh, the total's 41 and a half. Um, last week was Eagles and Texans. What size were we on there, Alex? Because I can't remember if I'm undefeated I against lost. I, I, I'm like 0 for 5 on these picks. Yeah, I am undefeated in Thursday night football picks here. Um, it's at Carolina. P.J. Walker's starting. I hope we can go opposite again. I think I like Atlanta plus 2.5. I think they're going to win outright. I just Carolina's kind of been on a roll lately, but I think that uh, – I think that this is kind of the end for them with what they've been doing. So this is tough for me because I love me some PJ Walker. See, I love Kyle Pitts, but go ahead. But seriously, the Falcons, I thought the Falcons drafted like all the niche players I wanted the Patriots to draft last year. They draft, uh, who who did they, uh, Troy, they draft Troy Anderson. They drafted D'Angelo Malone. They signed um, um, Jared, uh, Jared, what was his name? The, the converted lacrosse player. Um, this is your this is your wheelhouse, Barth. Not Jared Bernhardt. They, they they signed Jared Bernhardt as a UDFA. There's a couple other guys that like I really liked that they brought in. So let me ask this: What's the over under? Forty one and a half. I'm going over. Light it over. up. I know it's I know it's always unders on tonight football. I'm going to lose again, but I got my guy PJ in there. Honestly, okay. the only guy they didn't draft that I wanted them to draft. I have a friend who's a Falcons fan, TJ Horgan. He's a he works for Fantasy Pros. You can follow him on Twitter. Okay. Um, TJ's big Falcons fan. He always, he always texts me before the draft. And I remember saying to him, said because he, he, he I, I sent him like a Falcons mock draft because I just did one because I was bored. Mm-hmm. And I had them taking <laughs> Bailey Zappi. And he said, Why do you have them taking a quarterback in the fourth round? And it was like right before the Patriots actually picked yeah. him. And I said, Look, I know you're a big Marcus Mariota guy. That's fine. Bailey Zappi could win the starting job at Atlanta and make the Falcons yeah. a playoff team for a couple of years. So if they drafted Bailey Zabby, I would have been all on the bandwagon. But um, that is Barth. Having, that is Alex Barth in a sentence. Is I was bored, so I started to do a Atlanta Falcons mock draft. I love yeah. it. That is so good. Um, <laughs> anyway, I give me the over. I like both teams, so give me the over. All right, fine. You know what? You go over. I'll go under. That'll no, you know what? Actually, pick. no. You know what? I'm I'm supposed to be this guy that like when everybody gets all hot and bothered over offensive football and and hates low scoring games. I'm the one who comes in and says, "Hey, appreciate good defense." So I'm gonna root for both teams. Oh, and, ah, then I have to root against PJ Walker. Yeah, hey, give me the over. Yeah, I almost took so, the under. Give me the over. So take. So what are we counting? Are we counting our over versus under? Or are we counting Falcons versus Panthers? It's your choice. <sighs> You know what? I, I hate those Panthers black helmets. I don't think they look very good. Give me the Falcons. Okay. Give me the Falcons. All right. Okay, fine. So uh, uh, what we're grading here, since we got to go against each other, uh, Barth is on over 41 and a half. I'm on under 41 and a half, and we'll, uh, we'll reassess that next week. Um, but for now, thank you all for watching. That was our, uh, that was our report cards. Uh, next week, we will be back on Tuesday here on Patriots Beat. We're going to do a full Q&A episode. Uh, we're going to go rapid-fire questions with anything you guys want to bring. So make sure to be here next Tuesday. Fill the chat with questions. We'll answer everything we can get to. 
Um, and then the following Thursday, we'll preview the Jets game. So uh, that's it for us. For Alex Barth, I'm Mike Cadwick. 